0: I once had someone tell me in an exit interview that we were losing track of what was truly important in a business, the people, and that's a pretty personal indictment as I was this person's team leader. This insinuated a lack of care on my part, or or worse, some, some level of malintent. Now that person's feelings were genuine, they truly believed what they said, and I in some real sense I am culpable. Like We are learning the hard lessons that unhealthy tension and and poor performance and discontent they're signals that something is wrong. There's a problem. There's a problem of placement. So what we've come to learn is that having the right person in the right role at the right time promotes positive feelings and positive results for both them and for the business. And if a business ultimately fails, it's probably because they failed here first. This is a podcast about learning by Stone Creek Coffee, and it is what it is. We're talking about people today, and specifically, we're going to talk about the work that we're doing at Stone Creek. To bring radical transparency to the roles that people play in our organization. So we're talking about the notion that honesty and transparency about people and their competencies and the way in which they work. That those, that transparency can help actually create a high performing competitive organization without the burnout and ill will that seem almost inextricably tied to a high performing competitive organization. So as we're gonna talk about people, we can just start with us since we're people. I'm, I'm Drew and with me is Eric and we're two of the co-owners at Stone Creek and we make up a portion of the direction team that guides the business. Eric is our founder and has been around to see probably thousands of people. I, I actually tried to do the math a little bit. It's probably over a couple thousand people come and go through the doors of Stone Creek over 25 years. So uh, people are pretty integral. To our organization. And it almost goes without saying that people are important. But before we get into heavier subject matter, I thought we should kick off with a simple question. Eric, from your 25 years of experience here in your perspective, why are the people in the business so crucial compared to say the coffee or, or any other sort of physical element itself for our successes as a business?
1: you know as Drew said over the 25 years I've been doing this I've had the the joy of meeting all kinds of different people I guess what what I have said over the years and and continue to say is that without those of us in the business the people um, working coming together forming teams um, taking on projects there there is no business we're all the employees to leave and not come tomorrow um, that would be the end of the company. So to say that the people are important, I'd say it's it's more than important. They are everything when it comes to the company.
0: Yeah, it's basic math, cause and effect, but all the cafe aesthetics and equipment and coffee have to be produced by somebody, and if they're going to be any good, they have to be produced by talented somebodies. And then on the flip side of that, it kind of comes down to what we're selling. We talk about coffee being the avenue by which we deliver Remarkable Care, and Remarkable Care being one of the new brand pillars that's guiding us into the next 25. You know, if we're just out to create a company that has amazing coffee, you know, that'd be fun, and you'll probably do okay at that, but it's not anything that's going to be really profound or impactful on a relational level or on a personal level. So what I'm saying is that coffee itself doesn't deliver remarkable care that's that's a people activity that's a, a deeply human sort of product
1: i guess what i would say about the people part of the business all businesses all coffee companies make a choice about how they want to both compete the kind of company they want to be or become and that that hopefully is a a choice that we as the owners and the leaders of the company can say to each other and to the world more broadly this is who we are this is who we're trying to become and we're making those choices thoughtfully and consciously and we're going to work to become that kind of company and we have decided at stone creek that we want to have coffee geeks who never stop learning who provide remarkable care. That we want really good coffee, it's just that we want it with these other components and we will seek to find solutions to pull that all off because it's not easy.
0: And a lot of those solutions come through the right people. Like, the right people bring so much to our organization in terms of the path forward and executing at a high, high level on those three brand pillars that we just articulated. So, I don't think it would be cliche to say we're in the people business, but if we were to say that, we probably mean it slightly different than this sort of kumbaya mentality of, you know, coming here because, you know, we're really just in the business of making sure everybody feels comfortable and everybody's happy. Like, of course, we want everybody happy, but we actually don't want them comfortable. <laughs> like you should go home and be comfortable. But if you're always comfortable in your work, you're probably not doing anything that's truly your unique or profound. And we were just talking about this 30 minutes ago that some level of discomfort is really important for pushing learning and progress.
1: Yeah, I gave Drew the analogy that when you go for a, a run or a, a, a ride on your bike and you're pushing yourself and you get tired at the end of your six mile run and you're like, wow, that was really hard. It's it's only when it's really hard that, that the learning and change is happening. And so while I get uncomfortable at times in my work and here at Stone Creek and uncomfortable um, working with some of our team members, it's that discomfort that moves us forward. And I think it's important.
0: Uh, so it's easy, I think, maybe to say that people are important to the business and to own that. I you, probably have to be dumber than a bag of sticks to say that people aren't important to your success as a business. But owning that, it's not easy at all to then set your people up for success, for them to be all that they can be and produce all that they can produce for your company. And I said in the intro, we only find success when we kind of accomplish three things in relationship to the people, and that is the right people in the right place at the right time. So let's start with this notion of the right people. Eric, how would you define who the right people are?
1: I'm not really sure, to be, t- <laughs> to be totally fair. I mean, what, what I have said in the past, and I, and I think it, it holds, for all of us, we want to be doing work that we love and that we're uniquely capable at doing really well. If you're doing work that you love and you're not very good at it, then I think, it, again, with Seth Godin who said, well, that's maybe a hobby. But when it comes to your vocation, I think the ideal is doing work you love that you're uniquely capable at doing at a high level. So I think the right people is really married to the right role, and I know we'll, we'll get into that because you could have the right person in the wrong role and have a big problem. You could have the right person in the right role and, and be great you could have the wrong person in the wrong role and have a real train wreck. So we'll we'll try to dive into that a little bit, but we've worked hard to identify and and focus on this idea that, that that people are different, that I have a unique set of skills, Drew has a unique set of skills, and each person here is made up of these unique capabilities. And the better we are at finding a role that fits their best talent, the happier they'll be, and that we can actually not worry much about their liabilities if we can play to their strengths. Mm.
0: And we have put in sort of a couple checks and trying to identify the right people as you may be highly capable, but if you don't or can't work according to our 13 core commitments as a company, then we don't care. <laughs> and I mean that these we set up these core commitments to provide a cult- cultural barriers to say like these are the kind of people who we want to work with, and I think quite frankly, if you're not willing to work according to the 13 core commitments, it, you just may not be that pleasant of a person because they're not like, they're we're not talking about asking people to move mountains. We're talking about asking people to care for those around them, to do what they say they're gonna do, to to show up on time. It's sort of table stakes like we're asking people to be a, a decent human being because we want to work with decent human beings. So if we're going to put the right person in the right place, like how do we do that? Like more just conceptually, and then we'll get into the the actuals of here are the, the steps we're taking. If we're, we're talking about putting the right person in the right place, how does that work and what does time have to do with it?
1: One of the things that defines the right person is well, who are you? Um, So if we take me or Drew or anyone else in the company and we say, well, who are you and what are uniquely good at? Each of us could probably tell you. Um, We could ask our peers. I think that's what peer reviews are sort of about, like what are uniquely good at from your peers' perspective could take personality tests that tell us, hey, we're a a logical thinker, but we're not very good at uh, intuition, or whatever the case is. So there there are a lot of different ways that we're working on here at Stone Creek that we'll talk about in more detail in a minute. We're trying to first understand ourselves, so that if we better understand what we're uniquely good at, then it's easier to find a role in the company that I'll be successful at.
0: Yeah, and then it's just about understanding the needs of the company at the time. So we say, here's your competencies. Here's the the way in which you fit into our culture. Now, what does the company need and how, how might you fit in? Or might we need to wait? Or might we have you play this role for a while because that's the best spot for you. And then as the company evolves, we're going to move you into this other spot. So it's about owning with the person what their competencies are and then what the needs of the business are and creating the best match possible and bringing with that a willingness to fluctuate as those needs evolve because it's always evolving. So we're owning this, uh, you know, the reality that the people are really important. That getting the right person in the right place at the right time is is really difficult. So it's really hard to write, hire the right people, put them in the right spot, and then keep them in the right spot. So then, what do you do? How do you do that? And we're we're trying our best to figure it out. And uh, we're creating a mashup of behavioral economics and baseball, which is classic, I suppose. So Eric, what does personnel hiring and management have to do with baseball and behavioral economics?
1: So one of the things that we have been working on is trying to, to align these competencies in each of us to a role that fits. And if you step back, if we step back for a minute and think about how you normally do that, and then I'll try to answer your question, but Mm -hmm. how you normally do that is you, you say, okay, the company needs this, activity done or this role filled within the company and then you you most people would kind of write up a summary of what that role is and then you'd you you'd try to hire someone you'd, you'd go recruit to find somebody to fill that role and then you would get people who apply who tell you oh I can do that Like, I can do that. And then you talk to them for a while, and they, 45 minutes or something, and they continue to try to convince you that they can do that role. And then uh, as you're trying to hire you, you kind of fall in love with one person, and you say, hey, why don't you go ahead? Yeah, just go for it. And then reality hits. And then they actually have to do it. And the problem is, most of the time, we're pretty bad at selecting people in a hiring process to do a job.
0: We're really bad. Well, and
1: I think every every everybody <laughs> yeah, is. Yeah,
0: human nature is to be right. bad. Your biases take over. People sell themselves based on their charisma, not on their actual ability to deliver. Whole yeah. big thing.
1: Yeah, it's really, I mean, the amount of mistakes that we've made in hiring is, you know, is, is a testament to how difficult it is to just meet somebody say yes or no. I, I like you. I think you can do this. So we, we have wrestled with this. And, and I have mentioned on this podcast, Ray Dalio's book, uh, In the Past Principles. One of the things that he did at Bridgewater is um, created something called baseball cards. And this is where Drew's intro about connecting baseball cards with behavior and competencies comes in. And essentially a baseball card has a a lovely picture on the front and um, on the back it has basically the player's stats on base percentage, home runs, RBIs, et cetera, et cetera. So the same can be kind of true about a person. So if you're a uh, software engineer, you've got certain set of stats about uh, you can code this way, you can understand these kinds of databases. And you can basically create a baseball card around any set of competencies. Um, so that's really the philosophy, that is the philosophy that Ray Dalio took at his company because he also, of course, like we all do, we wrestle with who do I put in what role in my company. So we've decided to take some of that thinking and begin our own process of developing competencies that we can measure and discuss and understand in all of our employees and our hope and our plan is that everybody at stone creek would have their own card whether we call it a baseball card or just your card and and i as an employee in the company would have a set of competencies that i'm uniquely good at drew would have his card that would tell us what he's uniquely good at and by tell us what we mean is um, we are planning to have a, a personality test and mm-hmm. you, can, you can talk more about this, Drew. We're planning to do sort of that peer review, peer discussion. What do your peers think you're uniquely good at? And then what do you believe you're uniquely good at and who are you working to become? And together those will form your competencies within our organization. And then we'll align it to roles, which is we're taking our own approach to, to how to build those roles. But that's, that's how this all comes
0: together. So here's what we're doing. I tried to explain this the other day to some friends of mine and <laughs> I got a lot of like, wow, that's that is something. <laughs> and it's it's fun. Like it's this is is unique. We're trying to build something that's relatively unique. And so where we started is we tried to say, listen, um, let's just, let's write out the names of 30 people who've worked with us over the last five years that that we know and and let's talk about the pros and cons of these people. Let's talk about who really crushed it and what were the competencies that they brought that really helped them crush it within our system and then where did people struggle and why and what competencies did they bring and what are the competencies that we need? So we're kind of bridging the gap between the statistics from the back of a baseball card and our competencies. We tried to identify the people who crushed it and break down what helped them crush it into these competencies. And that left us with about 11 competencies or we're calling them statistics just for the sake of bringing it back to the baseball card. And we said, these are the things that we think some combination of these is what's really gonna help people be successful in a role here. Then we took those competencies and outlined the roles we felt like we needed to help build this company and maintain this company. And and right now we've landed with eight different roles that are made up of some combination of these 11 different competencies. So then once we had that understood, the, the roles we wanted based on the competencies we thought we were gonna drive us, we we had to come up with a system that to help us vet and measure the competencies or the capabilities and that's what we're working on right now and yeah it's a it's sort of a twofold process first there's this vetting process whether you're in the organization or you're thinking about coming in from the outside we we have you take a personality test Um, and it's based off the Myers-Briggs sort of system of personality tests and that kind of gives us a picture of your disposition as a person. We don't take it for gospel, it's about giving us an idea of who you are and what you might be good at or what you might be inclined to. It gives us some way of vetting our personal interpretation of your behavior when you come in for an interview or we assess some of your work or we talk to you on the phone. But then the second part of the assessment is that personal interaction, but it can't just be one person's sit down, ask questions about a time you provided great customer service. It's about crafting questions and crafting tasks that help us evaluate your competency. So we're going to ask you questions that actually we can watch how you respond to that question and make conclusions then about your competency in a certain style of work or in a particular type of situation. And then we have multiple people actually grade you on that competency level so that we can get a vetted assessment using your personality assessment and these oftentimes three different personal interpretations of your competencies to make a reasonably formed conclusion about how you're gonna be good. So that's what we're doing. (laughs) I mean, that's what if you're coming into the organization internally, like it's gonna be a really, really helpful management tool, I think is what we're gonna do is personality assessments, gives us your disposition, we have peer review of your competencies, you review your competencies all in a bubble, and then we sit down and talk about it and come to an agreement on how you stack up against the 11 competencies we need and you don't need to be good at all of them like I'm probably really good at maybe four or five and I need other people who are good at the other six in the organization but the role I'm playing needs to match my four or five where I'm really really good but I'm nobody's gonna sit down and tell me it's I'm gonna have scored myself and we're gonna vet that against other people's scores and come to an agreement about where you're at so that we can then manage your path and development at the company in accordance with what where we've agreed you're uniquely talented. So it's never really up for discussion. We've already discussed it. Now it's just about putting you in the place where your unique talents can be used to, to make the most benefit or make the most progress, create the most value.
1: Yeah, I think maybe a bit of a real example m- might be helpful and I'll use myself. Um, I know that one thing that I'm not great at and my competency will show and i don't quite know where this would fit but i'm not great and maybe you can tell me drew because you're deeper into this but i'm not so great on high volume of details Mm -hmm. i can go deep on the details but i don't like to live in a high level of constant peppering of 30 40 50 80 details per day that i have to sort out get done move on to the next person and if you put me in a role and, and initially, we called this a, a traffic role,
0: did you? Yeah, call it? so it's right now it's like a cartographer is what we're calling it. Right. But we, in our iterations, we would refer to it sometimes as traffic controller.
1: Right, so like you're managing 50 airplanes, and that's your job every day is to land all these planes safely. I would not like a job where I have to land 50 planes a day safely and then come back tomorrow and land 50 planes safely. But there are people at Stone Creek who are uniquely good at that. And we have roles within the company where a person like that is needed. And so, again, to bring this down to kind of a a little bit more of a real example, I'm not good at it, so I shouldn't be in that role, but I am pretty good at synthesizing a lot of disparate details, coming up with a conclusion and helping drive strategy and move the business ahead on these bigger projects where other people would not be good at that. And mm-hmm. so the hope is with this program is, A, we can understand what people are uniquely gifted at and then put them in a role that matches that. And it makes me excited to be able to do that, not because I think it'll, I don't know, make us more successful or something, but it will make everybody who works here happier mm-hmm. because we will have them in a role that better matches their unique gifts. and. And it, it, we take as an assumption that everybody who works here, who applies here, or who, who comes to engage with our company is uniquely gifted at some things. And it's our job to figure out what those are and put them in a role where they can excel and find deep fulfillment working in our company.
0: Yeah, I think this project for me is built off my own uh, it's a little bit selfish in that there are just some things I don't enjoy doing and I do a lot of those things out of necessity right now or it feels like necessity but if we had a better understanding of everybody's unique unique talents I can better align people to make up for my deficiencies and I don't have to do things that I'm just not good at or just suck the life out of me as much as I do now and that's really appealing is if you can just come to work every day and do something that's really satisfying you get jazzed about it and then you don't have to go home and hate life like that is an amazing blessing that I think we'll get to provide through this work so if you're trying to explain it to people measuring competencies based on personality tests which is not crazy new but then using that through this vetting process and this cooperative you know, wayfinding together, um, you get looked at a little bit weird, which is, I mean, let's be honest, we're a little bit weird, um, but I think it's going to create something special.
1: Yeah, and I think the other thing that we're doing that, I don't think that Ray Dalio did this, but I, but I, but I may not be remem- remembering, I mean, of course he had these baseball cards to look at competencies, but we're creating um, nine or eight generic roles within the company and every person in the company will fit into one of those roles. Now, you'll perform the role on different teams and different places within the organization, but having these generic roles also helps us speak this kind of um, unified language across the organization and, as Drew said, will likely help us manage teams and people better because, ultimately, we need a mix of people to make for a high-performing team. You, mm-hmm. need, you need one person who's great at the details, you need a leader who's great at uh, process management, you need a, maybe a different leader that's good at building process, and if you have a bunch of people who care about details and nobody handling process management, the team can struggle. So, part of this work was also born out of our desire to organize our teams in a way that provides them these different skills so that they can be an autonomous group um, creating success for themselves in the business.
0: Well, just circle back to again why why this is important and I was explaining why is to, to my friends a few days ago that you know we're competing against six other local coffee roasters, we're competing against Starbucks and we're competing with a tangible product in coffee that's hard to differentiate at times for your average consumer. So of course we believe we have the best coffee, but to really deliver something that's tangible to the customer, you have to, I think, create the best company. So this is in service to competing on that. Of Course we're trying farm to cup coffee, continually evolve how we brew, how we train to make the best tangible coffee product we can but we think where we really win is creating the best organizational structure in in the city of Milwaukee, in the Midwest, and in the US. Can we create something that's special, that's profound, that goes beyond coffee and starts to actually influence how businesses are created on, on a broader scale? In two weeks, we're gonna talk more about people in a manner of speaking, we're gonna talk about compensation. Specifically, how do, how do we go about adjusting people's compensation? When do you get a raise? Why do you get a raise? And how, and why is it important? What are some unhealthy ways we think that compensation is handled? We kind of take a unique approach to it in that once a year, Everybody in our organization applies for compensation adjustments if they feel like it's warranted. If it, but those are based on value creation alone. So they have to justify their value creation to request a, a raise. So we're going to talk about that process and the, the fun that that is, the difficulty that that brings, um, and why we think that it's helpful, healthy, and important for our organization as we evolve. In the meantime, we're sipping on a new coffee that launched just four days ago when you're hearing this podcast, and that's a coffee from Congo, or the Democratic Republic of Congo. Uh, We got this one in through an importer, actually. Uh, Just a really amazing coffee, though, out of East Africa. Yeah, in my entire time at Stone Creek, we haven't had a coffee from the Congo. Uh, It's it's really reminiscent of a high, high high-quality Kenyan. You get this uh, great stone fruit, pronounced acidity, cherries, even some like sweet grape tomato, which sounds weird, but it's really just an extraordinary coffee. We're really happy to have it. Highly recommend that. As you drink that, you can reach out to us, interact with us a little bit uh, by email, podcast at stonecreekcoffee.com, or you can reach out to us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. A couple people have sent me questions mainly about brewing coffee, which is great. Happy to help there. Or we'd love to just field questions you have about our company, what we're up to, or if you want to apply, go to stonecreekcoffee.com slash jobs and hey, join our squad. That'd be great. We'll leave you with this. We live in a pretty unique time and it's a time where many of us are granted the luxury of being able to find a role in a workplace where we feel like we truly fit. Like that that's out there for us, where we can use our uniqueness to create value for ourselves and for those around us. So if you're in a place right now where you feel undue tension or if you're discontent or if you're struggling to perform, like don't simply persist at nauseam. Be honest with yourself. Ask is this the best place for me and if it's not then go find that best place and it will be worth it.